Welcome back to the B-Hall Army Wrestling Radio Show. I'm your host, Jordan Tom, followed with Brian Rowan. We got an awesome guest today. I'm going to go ahead and read his bio. It's pretty long. He was a three-time Mr. Intensity winner recipient, an NCAA qualifier, two-time Army Combatives champion, five-time Armed Forces Wrestling champion, six-time Greco National Team member, a 2014 Military World Silver Medalist, 2015 Pan American Games Gold Medalist, 2019 U.S. Open champ. He's a 2006 graduate, currently an infantry officer, stationed at West Point, John Anderson. What's up, John? Hey, thanks for having me. Most importantly, Army Wrestling Millionaire, back on the ground. <laughs> now we spent half the show going through your bio, just uh, getting your, just giving you all your accolades. <laughs> hey, well, I've been taking a stab at it for 15 years, so I've had some time to rack it up, but nothing, nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you at right now? Uh, looks like uh, it's, the weather's pretty nice. Yeah, nice day. I was in the office, but uh, oh, William Billy Bone Simpson is in there. He's got some Microsoft Teams meetings, and I got – I peeled out to a little better uh, venue, but yeah, the uh, got the the Hudson River here and Trophy Point, and it's a, it's a nice day out here at West Point. Awesome to hear. So we'll get it started. I think uh, the the fans first want to know how did you get the nickname Smokes. Let's talk through let, let's talk through that because I feel like that's first and foremost what you uh, what your identity is. You know, let's hear about how how it started. You know, how it's developed, where it's at now. Who you're, who you're smoking these days? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when or, or how it started precisely, but uh, I, I know my, my best move has always been hustle. <laughs> and and uh, regardless of how, how many points I was down, I was in my mind I was always in the match. So I'd always grind people down and wear them out and, and make up for all my uh, mistakes in the first period. I, I'd make up for them in the third. So I started doing that really freshman year here as a plebe at West Point. And if I had to pick one person that I remember saying at first, it'd probably be Joe Forsman. Uh, just it, pretty loud, trained of himself, uh, of an individual as well. But he'd always uh, be rooting for me and say, yeah, smoke him, turn on the smoke. <laughs> he'd have a great, great, I can hear him from, from the side. And you don't always hear people when you're wrestling, but I did hear him. Uh, and it just kind of took off from there that, that every time I'd get into a, a barn burner of a match and I hear that, that word, turn on the smokes, it gets me to another level. And, and it's fun. It's funny. I remember the. I remember my first experience. Uh, real experience. I mean, we've seen it practice. You hear the rumors, and I remember Plebeer, your first year. We were wrestling Hofstra, and I can't remember the guy's name, but it was. It was back when Hofstra. You know, when they had Tom Ryan, and Hofstra was like legit. And the guy was. You know, that guy was good. He was ranked like 16 or 17 in the country. I think you were down like two one at the end of the first period. And then, like, second period, you may have got a takedown or two. And then the third period, this guy just broke. And this guy, I mean, he was in good shape. This was a good guy. And I think you beat him, like, 19 to 6 or something. <laughs> yeah, I remember he, he melted in the, the third. And uh, that's, that's the effect I have on some people. But uh, <laughs> um, as I get better with technique and, and, and level the playing ground, uh, that gas tank comes into effect and, and brings – Brings uh, someone that's actually a lot better than me technically. Uh, it, it levels the playing ground. It gives me a big advantage. So wrestling is all about strategy. You don't have to have one, one thing necessarily uh, over another, but if you use your whole skill set. Um, but I, I've learned how to kind of tweak it over the years. And, um, but there's no, no secret to it. My, my biggest strength is my gas tank and heart and, and everything else that BHA stands for. That's, that's what I rely on. Amen. How has it uh, changed over time? Like – 
that's kind of like, has it developed? I know you have like the t-shirts and the brand, you know, I saw a mask when I was up at West when we were talking like that. Uh, I think Molly, Molly made, um, <laughs> you know, how is it, uh, you know, how has it changed into like a brand and you know, how have you molded it over time? Has it changed or has it just gotten more intense as you know, the years have passed? <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's morphed a little bit, but it's pretty, pretty consistent. It's the phrase turn on the smokes. Um, it means more than just just break somebody. It's it's bring the best out of myself. When, get to a point where you don't think you can go anymore, and you bring it up one more level. Uh, so that's something that's sometimes I say it to myself. Uh, you know, Rafferty, Raftensity talked about some some self talk, positivity. Uh, those are one of the cue cue words or phrases that I use. Turn on the smokes. Uh, it also helps when I hear teammates yell it, or or my my wife or kids, and they're in the stands and. I hear my, my six-year-old screaming, smoke him. Um, it really does help. <laughs> so it's, uh, they're, they're all in. And it's just part of who, who I am, who we are. And it, it, makes, uh, it makes any challenge kind of fun to see, you know, how hard can I really go? Where, where's the limit? And I don't know if I found it yet. So I'm, I'm still, still pushing. <laughs> that's awesome, John. I can imagine if your six-year-old is yelling smokes, that's going to fire you up. No, yeah. Not, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. So your bio was super long. Uh, You've done a lot post West Point era, but starting back when, you know, you came in, it's my knowledge, you're a 125 pounder coming in. Yeah. Which is hard to believe looking at you now, but uh, maybe just talk us through, you know, starting wrestling. I heard you started kind of late in life. Talk us through that and then kind of those first couple of years at West Point. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up a military brat, so I moved all over from Germany to lived in the south and Kansas and never hit a, a school that had wrestling until 10th grade so that was the first time oh, I ever wow. stepped on that and I knew nothing about it I never even really watched it prior to that um, all I know is that they wore you know spandex and it seemed kind of weird at first and uh, wasn't wasn't sure what it was all about uh, but I was playing football I was five foot nothing 110 pounds uh, my sophomore year and I did the same thing on the football field I, I tried hard I worked I worked everybody but I mean, you could pretty much like hit me with one hand. I'd fall over compared to some of the big football players. But I, uh, the football coach said, "Hey, you make a great wrestler. You have a lot of heart." I remember that conversation, and he introduced me to the coach. I went to practice, you know, just in a pair of socks and, and gym shorts, and fell in love with the sport on that first day. I was, I was like, "Hey, these guys are my size," and, and I didn't, I didn't crush anybody by by any means. But I realized, like, you know what? I, I kind of got, I, I like this. This is level playing ground, and it. If I work hard, I can I can get better. I can maybe start on the team. And um, that year, I wrestled JV uh, at 112, just kind of my, my natural weight. The next year, I uh, had some really good coaches and, and mentors that, that uh, encouraged me, got me on a good glide path, goal setting, really got into the mental skills that year. Cut down to 103, made varsity, qualified for states. I think I had the most uh, wins and the most losses on my team. Um, 50, <laughs> I was, 37 and 22, I think, was my record, something like that, that year. Um, Gee whiz, that's a lot of matches. Yeah, yeah, so I grew a ton that year, got better, and then my senior year, I was a 112-pounder again, and uh, and I was, by that point, I was a, a solid five foot two on my way up, you know, uh, and started talking to to Chuck Barbie, uh, got, didn't really think about college wrestling until my senior year, uh, the very beginning of it, because uh, I, I was never really at the point to consider um, prior to that. 
Uh, I knew I wanted to go to college, though. I knew I wanted to be in the in the military, in the Army. My dad was a, a maintenance test pilot, CW3, flew Blackhawks, and he was also an MP, enlisted for uh, prior to that. Uh, but he always, he'd include me and take me to PT, and it was always a competition, um, do, doing push-ups with the soldiers, and I just love that aspect and, and the team aspect of the Army. So I yeah. A couple things right there. Hey, West Point has that, and they have a great wrestling program, and they have an, a, an Olympic program afterwards. I remember looking at a magazine. Phil Simpson was in there. WCAP logo was in there. So then I, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to email the coach. So I emailed Chuck Barbie, and I said, the t- title of my email was future Olympic champ. I didn't even talk about college. <laughs> <I'm gonna skip laughs> it. But he came back later saying that's what caught his attention, checked out the videos, came in. Um, I met him at Virginia Duels, I believe. And I remember my dad actually, uh, when he came to me, he didn't want to stand up because my dad's 6'2", and uh, he knew Chuck Barbie was recruiting me for 125 and didn't want to see how big my dad was. <laughs> so my dad kind of stood up, crouched, shook his hand. and um, But but the, the story on from there, I ended up going, uh, getting selected to, uh, to go to West Point. And I did start at a 125-pounder. And uh, – from there, I skipped a couple weight classes every year, bumped up, <laughs> finished out my career at 165. But uh, it's funny, though, the story of growth, I mean, not just physical, but spiritual, uh, emotional, social, everything. Uh, it's a total kind of total growth concept that I went through. And and you say, like, where I am now, it's like I look back at guys like Luke Calvert and, and Chad Marzek, and those dudes were, like, in my mind, the size of Brock Lesnar. You know, when I was a 125-pounder and even Anthony Duncan, who wasn't the biggest guy, but he's a 149-pounder, I remember thinking, like, man, I'm glad I'm not uh, in his weight class or big enough to wrestle him. But uh, <laughs> I ended up <laughs> passing him up and getting to – but as you get – as you go up, you, you know, you fill out, you get stronger, and they seem like the same size, except for I'm still scrappy 125-pounder in my mind sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> So you came to West Point, you know, right around the time, you know, with 9-11, you know, all happening, like right around, uh, you know, the beginning of it, you know, within a year or so. Um, how did that affect your decision? You know, you know, we have potential recruits, you know, listening on this, you know, that, you know, thinking about going to war and, and, and things like that and, and the kind of the um, the risks, you know, of going to West Point and serving after that. You know, how did that affect, you know, your recruiting? You know, you said you wanted to join the military, um, you know, regardless. You know, did that impact, uh, you know, affect it, you know, where you wanted to go more, maybe you wanted to go less, or how did that impact it? Uh, honestly, I don't think it, it seriously uh, impacted my decision either way. The, the fact that 9-11 is going down and that – or that happened and then um, our, our military response was, was uh, picking up over the years and, and uh, the months after that. Um, you know, as a wrestler, you train and, and – you develop these qualities, these characteristics of being brave and, and wanting a challenge and wanting to be tested. Uh, so the fact that there was a test going on, it, it excited me more than anything. Um, but it, it didn't it didn't make me second guess anything uh, at all. Uh, if anything, it probably just motivated me more to, to, to join uh, a team that had a purpose, a mission. And, and the mission always evolves. And, and that's the great thing about the Army. There's uh, It keeps you on your, on your toes. You get broadens you you learn a lot about yourself a lot about your teammates uh your family where your 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 priorities are for me it's faith family my profession and when i can align wrestling and and military and and those side goals that's that's uh, ideal 
Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. A, yeah. Those work hand in hand. Yep. So then you graduate, John, you branch infantry. <clears throat> Walk us through those first couple of years where maybe the focus wasn't on wrestling and you were really doing your training. You were probably a platoon leader. And then transition us into what it looked like when you decided to go kind of into the full-time Greco circuit and how that kind of happened. Okay. Yeah. So branched infantry to me, that seemed like the closest thing to wrestling that I could think of uh, a bunch, <laughs> bunch of like-minded individuals that like to like to suffer and, and go through hard stuff. <laughs> so the infantry uh, that month, as well as talking to other mentors um, was, was just the right fit. Um, I was close to going to aviation. My dad was a pilot. I just couldn't visualize myself sitting still that long uh, in, yeah. in the car. So that's, that's the reason that the, the reason I, I got out of uh, aviation pipeline went back in the infantry, but yeah, I went to, to, uh, I was a GA um, athletic intern after graduation. Then I went down to uh, ranger school on the way to Fort Lewis where I was a platoon leader. And I'll tell you like wrestling and having that combat uh, sport experience really helps when you join an organization. Um, especially in an infantry organization, because on day one, I got challenged. Um, they said, hey, sir, you wrestle? I could choke you out in under 30 seconds. I'm like, all right, get the whole platoon around. Let's see how this goes. And this, this guy was <laughs> 220 pounds, just a huge dude. And I ended up, um, well, I think he said under a minute, but I, I doubled down and said, I, matter of fact, I think I could take you down and tap you out in under 30 seconds. And, uh, and that's kind of how that started. And so we – uh, after closeout formation that day, we got about 50 people surrounding us, and uh, we shook hands, and I ended up last double leg right to a uh, arm bar in about 25 seconds. And, uh, How many soldiers have you fought just on a whim like that? <laughs> oh man, that so all the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's 20 or 30. Just hey, hey sir, what you doing? I'm like, hey, you want to roll? And I just take stuff out my pockets, take my pins out, and just just go. Um, so when I was in Kuwait, I had this commander that thought it was really funny that, like, I would fight people. Yeah. And so I would just show up, like, to the battalion talk, and there'd be some extended, like, you the guy? And I'm like, what guy? Like, the guy fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. Roll the mats out, boys. Yep. No, it's fun, man. It's always a challenge. Always someone out there to push you and keep you, keep you, you know, on your toes. It's, it's – uh even in deploy on deployment in between missions, walking through the motor pool and ankle high gravel, that I run into the, the, the you know combatives guy and he wants to roll and then we just go right there in the rocks. Doesn't matter. So. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So you do your training, you go to ranger school, you get to your first unit. I'm sure it's all going well. Um, then how do you transition into where you're in the WCAP program full time? Yeah, I mean, so I got into combatives, speaking of, uh, of that. So I started doing that right away. Um, it was an obvious attraction to, to, to that, to mixed martial arts, jiu-jitsu. I have to admit, though, I was a little overconfident on my wrestling because I went to the All-Army Combatives Tournament in 2008 and ran into a couple of tough jiu-jitsu guys, and I, I got choked out and armbarred. Um, was not very successful on my first attempt. <laughs> it's happened but to all of us. Before. <laughs> Man, it was – it's pretty brutal. I, I had had to learn quickly that jujitsu is legit. And uh, on my deployment to Iraq in the year, the next year, um, I spent a lot of time with with some some folks, some uh, a purple belt that really taught me the fundamentals of jujitsu. And, and then I, I would share back and teach wrestling to to a bunch of guys. And we do that, try to get in there every night and, and sharpen our skill set. Uh, 
but come after deployment, went to command at Fort Benning and wanted to give all Army combatants another shot. Uh, I also communicated with my battalion and brigade commander that, hey, sir, one of my long-term goals is to make the Olympic team, and the world-class FE program is the best way to do that. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not qualified enough to, to make the program. So I'd like to get on the glad path to try to qualify. And you know, if I can get your approval, I'd like to transition there after my command time's over. So long story short, that's, that's really what happened. I went to the 2010 All-Army Combatist Tournament. I met um, Colonel Townley Hedrick, was a, a battalion commander uh, in that same brigade. And he's a, uh, he wrestled at JMU. He's been a really close mentor of mine. And he, he got me to that next level. Uh, we, we made up our own little team, Team No Name, because we, we trained in a trailer in between PT and uh, getting out to the range to, to qualify our soldiers and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, we made it happen. We went out there, and I won the 2010 All-Army Combatist tur tur Tournament, um, beating uh, Andrew Chappelle, who is probably 100 times better fighter than me. But, again, I brought him to deep water, and um, I smoked him up and had, got the uh, PKO. Uh, but uh, that was – Honestly, so that was probably one of my biggest accomplishments of, of any um, that Troy, beating Troy Litters at NCAA is my senior year here. A um, couple matches at the Olympic Trials, Pan Am Games. Those were my top, probably top accomplishments in my mind as far as just sport. But that combatus gave me that platform to get back into wrestling. So once I won that, my brigade commander said, "Hey, we're all about it. Go out to Colorado on TDY, train up, and uh, go 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 make the team." Wow. Was it, so uh, when you transitioned out there, were you just, you know, were you living out there at TDY for a little while, like traveling back and forth or, you know, or did you just move out to Colorado and you were accepted or what was that, you know, kind of transition like? Yeah. So before I went out there to Colorado, I, uh, we did like a little training camp at, at Fort Benning and flew in Keith Siraki. Uh, he was, uh, he was still in the army at the time. He flew, he flew in on special TDY orders just to do a little camp with me and Colonel Hedrick and, and, uh, Patty Simpson was there and, um, you know, we had a bunch of other studs in the room, uh, but went through, uh, I think it was like just a week or two with, with Keith Siraki to, to start to learn the fundamentals of pummeling of gut wrenches and parterre defense. And, um, cause prior to that, it was just YouTube. I'd never been to Fargo. I've never done any of that. Um, I just, I just knew that. Hey, Greco's like, looks like fist fighting to me. So let, I'm going to do that, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of how that kicked off. Um, I went out to Colorado just on a couple of trips to compete. I went to the Dave Schultz thinking, yeah, I'm going to come out here. I'm in great shape. I'm going to smoke everybody. I got my ass kicked though. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know Greco and it was evident. Um, but then I did, they had the all army camp and that's when I went out there. That's a TDY program where you go uh, 30, uh, uh, 30 days initially that's a, a trial camp and you wrestle off uh, for the army spot and you go to armed forces if you do well they keep you to nationals and you do well they keep you to olympic trials so that's kind of how i stayed out there for a little bit longer uh, i was there for several months and and it wasn't until i placed third in the olympic trials that i got into the program uh i, I think that's a that's a good thing to you know highlight because i think a lot of you know even wrestlers don't under, you know arm wrestling alumni don't necessarily understand like that's possible in the army uh, I learned that kind of like a little bit, you know, when I was in the army, I thought about it. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, if you could, if you could dive into that process a little bit too, I know there's probably a few army wrestling alumni that have either tried to do that. Um, if you, if you remember who any of those guys are too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity. The all army 
sports program for not just wrestling, but any, any sport, um, uh, that, that you, if you wanted to compete in the Olympics, the, the, the army has a, a trial program. So if you're not at that elite level that it takes to get into WCAP, um, then you can go to, to various outstations, various posts and, and train with the team and, and essentially try out and prove yourself. Um, so for wrestling, it's a 30 day camp at the end of it, you have wrestle offs, just like you do to make a starting lineup in college room. And it's brutal. I mean, there are, you're, you're going against everyone in the room is top five in the country. And, and you're, for me, I was a nobody. I wasn't even in the rankings at all. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but when, when you put it together and you turn it into a fight and, and, uh, you level the playing ground and that's how I ended up fighting my way into the program, just, just earning it day after day, putting in the extra work, uh, the, the work ethic that you learn in the army wrestling room translates to, to life. Uh, but it, it translated directly to the all army camp where I, it was pretty, it, it was super tough. Yeah. So now you're, now you're in the program, you know, you, you, you know, when I think about you fast forwarding and now you've been on the you know, national team member six years, you know, you've been doing this for so long. Uh, how have you adjusted your training to, um, you know, to kind of you know, mold that you're an older, you know, you're older now, you know, you're 35 years old, maybe 36, yeah. I'm not sure. Are you 35 or 36? 35. <laughs> uh, how have you adjusted your training and, and molded that, you know, now that you're older? Yeah. I mean, my old man strength is starting to kick in. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a huge advantage, man. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely different. The, the volume, I had to turn that way down. Uh, but my intensity is just as high. Uh, but moving out here to West Point, I was able to really take control of my own training schedule and, and narrowed it down to really just one workout a day. It was uh, smart, good warm-ups, um, warm and cool down before every workout, but very focused on uh, and very intentional. So I was going in there. If it was to blow the lungs out, then I would do that. And then if it was to, to work technique, um, then I would spend all my energy on that. Uh, so you just had to be a little bit more selective, but man, I got gas tank. It doesn't run out. I keep, I keep going. So I can, I can push into deep water. Um, but it's, uh, it, it is a little longer to recover, but, but not much because if you're sleeping right and, and eating right, then the age really doesn't, it's not, it's, it's a, it's an advantage more than it is anything. Yeah. Do you, do you make your own workouts or do you have a coach or how does, how does that, process work as far as you know trying to peak or trying to go through different training cycles do you develop that yourself well yeah i mean going back to, to wcap um and and before it there's a lot of coaches uh, a lot of uh, uh planning that goes into it uh, but over the years I, I was in and out of that program for uh, well i was in there six years pretty consistently and then over the last decade i've been training at that level um so when i got here to west point i did take control of my own, my own training plan and i, I had a 10-week uh, a 10 week plan going into Olympic trials. Um, and unfortunately the trials didn't happen, but I was, I was, I was at probably some of the best, best shape I've ever been in and, and technically. Um, but there's a lot of resources here at West Point and, and uh, that I did uh, tied into. So I, I wrote up a plan of what I thought was right. And I bounced it off the, one of the head strength coaches here. Um, I, I showed Kevin Ward. I, I got a lot of feedback and tweaked it. Uh, but the biggest thing is I can, I can modify as I go based on how, how well I'm recovering. If I got an injury or, or some tweak something, I, I don't have to necessarily do that workout at that time. I can shift it later in the day. Or I can postpone it a day if I had to. So that was really, really helpful. Um, 
I think that kind of gets back at um, being a little bit older and, and uh, just more mature, but also your body, you got to listen to it and be smart. Uh, the, the young guys in their 20s coming in, they can go through anything and be pr pretty much recovered that, <laughs> that next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think about that a little bit more, you know, now that I'm working out a little bit more and doing in the, in the CrossFit world. So I try to think about, you know, I think about recovery a lot, um, yeah. you know, from that sense. And when we were talking last week and we were in, uh, in one of the, in the prep school rooms, in the gym, you just single arm snatched like a hundred pounds, like it was a 10 pound dumbbell. Have you ever thought about getting into the CrossFit world? I know that's, that, that, that question's out in the dock, but I just, I just thought of it. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, it's, it's just like a wrestling practice. You know, I've been doing that for a long time. I think, I think it'd be fun. Um, I think I would have to, to get technically a lot better on, on some of those power lifts and, um, but I do like any kind of competition. I, I bet you I'll be in one at some point. Uh, I like running. I like any kind of anything that challenges you that physically or, or uh, challenges the limits of human capacity, then it interests me. So and, and I'm going to probably try to just set the record on it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe after this Olympic cycle, you could get into that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'd prefer to see him get in the cage. Well, the guy that lives by the mantra, turn on the smokes. That's what yeah. I want to see. No, man. I love being in the cage. That's, that's a ton of fun. Well, John, one of the things that I want to articulate the right way um, is the uniqueness of your career. So I know that <clears throat> the coaching staff tells potential recruits and tells the guys in the, on the team, like, hey, when you're done, like wrestling doesn't have to be over. You can go in the WCAP program. You can continue to wrestle and compete and, and work to your goals of being an Olympic gold medalist. But for you, you had, it was really interesting because you kind of went in and out of the program some continuing to serve you want on multiple deployments and I think that's unique because <clears throat> you were training like on your own like there's a story about you like getting a mat shipped out to Afghanistan I remember reading yeah. and you're finding random training partners you're talking about one of your battalion commanders Russell JMU just all this stuff is <clears throat> maybe not the normal way that someone would go about an Olympic dream so it's intriguing maybe just talk about um, I definitely want to hear about the mat in Afghanistan, but like, what was it like kind of going in and out of the program like that? Yeah, well, I'll say first, uh, as a general rule of thumb, you can, you, you don't have to do one or the other. You don't have to say, oh, I want to go to some certain college and only wrestle, and then I'll start my career. Cause you don't know when yeah. that, that's going to end or start. And you don't have to say, oh, I'm, I'm an army officer now. I, I I shouldn't focus on anything else uh, that my only job is, is to lead soldiers. Well, oftentimes leading by example, pursuing personal goals is exactly what soldiers need to see. And uh, it helps you be a better, better person too. When, when you're from a, a you got me there. Sorry. I switched over yeah, from a like psychological perspective. When you're accomplishing multiple high level goals, then, you know, success breeds success and you, you gain energy off of those short term wins and, and uh, and you surround yourself with those people. You seek out the the, the people that that support you and that have similar goals. Um, so I was very blessed and fortunate uh, to to find those uh, a lot of those folks early in my career to help navigate the, the certain gates you have to get through: um, company command, battalion S three, battalion XO time, um, broadening assignments. How we can work in, uh, I guess, mesh the two goals together, like like uh, I've been able to do. So got to be creative um and and you can do both it, 
it takes extra work, but that's, that's what a the wrestling mindset teaches you that, that you can, you can accomplish what you want and you're not afraid of hard work. Um, yeah. And I think that's almost like contrary to wrestling as a sport, like most wrestling content that is covered, it, it, it portrays wrestlers as like very robotic, very just one-sided. Like all they do is wrestling and there's nothing outside of that life for them. Yeah. And what you're talking about is completely different. So it's a cool, different perspective to hear. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll say this. You have to be laser focused when you're training, uh, but you can't train all day. And if you spend all your time and make your own only identity around being a great wrestler, then I, I don't think that's super healthy uh, because at some point sure. your wrestling career is going to end. You're going to get injured and, and, and no, I don't care who you are, you're going to lose <laughs> at some point and you have to lose in order to win. And that's, if you have a healthy balanced mindset and balanced lifestyle and, and family priorities and, and your faith is strong, then you can continue to improve. And that's what, that's what it's about. It's not about perfection. Uh, it's, a, it's about keeping all, all your goals in balance and, and working hard towards them. Um, I'll, I'll say that if, if it was only that, you know, NCAA wrestling, you still got to go to class. <laughs> you still got to study. Um, you have other, other things you have to do. And if you're going to say that that's going to keep me from getting my goal, then, you're probably not going to get to your goal anyways, if that's the mindset you have. So um, I did grad school while I was at WCAP too. And, and based on the study habits I learned from West Point, grad school was relatively easy, but it was also a welcome break from, you know, just thinking about my next lift. I was like, all right, now let me write a paper. I ended up picking wrestling topics most of the time if, if I could, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I still got, you know, that, that, that master's degree complete and it, it was good balance. Um, taking vacations, with your family that's important too um now when i do one of the first things i look for is a, a gym nearby <laughs> and, and make a little plan in my head <laughs> I, I may not broadcast that right away um but uh that's that's always in uh in my mind and the same thing in afghanistan as soon as we landed got to our base security set then i look inward and I'm like all right where's the mat going you know that's my next thought so how did you get this mat there um so i reached out on um Let's see. I went back. So Timmy, Timmy hands, five point move. Um, are you familiar with that, that website? It covers strictly Greco Roman wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, I'm out here for, for nine months. I need, need a mat. Uh, let's see if we can make it happen. So he po- posted on social media, Facebook and Twitter, I think. And then Kevin Roberts out in a, with res light wrestling. Um, he's like, I got you well, within 15 minutes. He said, let me know where to send it. So he sent a brand new mat. <laughs> to Fort Carson um, on his dime, donated it. I mean, it was a very expensive, uh, nice mat. It was, a, a, I think, 18 by 18, um, a flexi roll, kind of lightweight. And uh, he got that to Carson. I, I called back to Carson, my rear detachment, and they had a, a containerized kitchen getting shipped out. That was a, a late, late deployer to Afghanistan. So we shoved it in between, like, the, the pots and pans and stuff in there and shipped <laughs> to Afghanistan. Uh, it arrived to another base about an hour helicopter ride away from our base. And then one of my LNOs was at that base. And I said, Hey, grab the mat, get on the next helicopter coming over. So he strapped it to a, a ammo crates coming out to our spot in, in Afghanistan. And then carried that also carried a, uh, you know, we had a throwing dummies and a suit play bag too. Uh, so we had a good little equipment set, but, but like I said before, you don't need that stuff. That just made training a lot better. Um, but we, we still sure. fought to travel and, uh, we did other things, but we actually got got after some good Greco, some good throws. We had crash pads, uh, mattresses that uh, that we probably 
that weren't being used, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But so, John, I remember, uh, I remember you having like you know, really good relationship with Doxy, you know, in our, uh, you know, your first year, my plea year, we'd have, you know, we have visits. Uh, you, you have a master's degree in sports psychology. You know, talk through, you know, the, um, you know, the Center for Enhanced Performance, your role, you know, working with them as as a cadet, and then you know, now becoming almost a leader. Um, in, in the field, you know, talking, you know, going back and talking, you know, to athletes and soldiers about it. Remember when you came to do the wrestling clinic, um, you know, in, in North Carolina, uh, yeah. we had a whole segment, you know, just talking about mental preparation and things like that. Can you dive into, you know, the, the beginning of you learning that and how it became a passion um, and how are you using it now? Yeah, so starting back in high school, when I started wrestling, I really learned that the, the uh, training your mind uh, has, has benefits, that setting clear goals doing what you say you're going to do, following through. Um, and, and then, so I, I was introduced to it uh, as a high schooler and then I got here and they had a, the whole um, center for enhanced performance focused on it. And I, I used it consistently throughout the years, really got into it my senior year. And it got, I think it's one of the things that got me to that next level, but uh, the mind is a weapon. You can, and it's a muscle, it's a muscle that you can train. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to, to talk about it. They think if, uh, if they're working on their mental uh, skill set then something's wrong with them but it's the same way you work on you do bench press because you want to get your chest stronger you know you do stance in motion because you want to get your legs stronger and and that that uh, form better right so the same way um with your mind it's, it's a muscle you just just work it train it there, there's specific skills you can work on controlling your attention managing your energy deliberate breathing uh these things are just skills that you, you can practice and, and improve and they, they directly impact performance. Um, so Doc Z uh, worked with a few others here at West Point uh, on, on uh, formalizing that, implementing it, writing my goals down, um, practicing different mental skills in practice, in matches, and I've just continued to work on it over the years um, uh, to the point where I, I got my master's degree in it now, and uh, I really, really think it's, it's an art and a science. There's physiological benefits you can tell right away there's it really just unlocks potential in my mind um and it's, it's just one of the one of the tools that that you can tap into that i recommend someone that that really really wants to be successful and then if you don't tap into that then you're you're holding back a little bit yeah when you when you do these little seminars with soldiers you know i'm sure it's it's it can be different probably talking to you know wrestlers about it if you're talking to recruits or if you're talking to soldiers does that conversation like change you know when you're you know when you have that role talking to soldiers as opposed to um talking to wrestlers or how does how does that change yeah the the thing with like i said before there, there's a, a little bit of a pushback uh if you if you bring it out directly so i always just try to sneak it in there uh i i don't uh, necessarily have a Hey, here's my program and this and that. It's, it's not my program. It's it's just a way of thinking and it's an a, an approach. So really, if you integrate it into a trust based leadership style, that you're focused on uh, empowering subordinates, your your coaching teach coach mentor uh, approach, uh, it, it's pretty natural. Then you you tie in like, hey man, work on your breathing here. Take a deep breath. What are you thinking about? Hey man, get rid of that thought. Try try you know replacing it with this uh, or that. And just coachable moments is. Uh, good technique to, to tie that in uh, but but really um, 
from a leadership perspective, you, you want to uh, sneak it in. Uh, they also have massive resilience training in the Army. Um, sneaky I, smokes. What's that? Sneaky smokes. Yeah, sneaky smokes. But uh, <laughs> one of my first sergeants was was kind of big into the same thing with massive resilience training, and he would try to sneak it in as well. And he, after talking for a little bit, he'd just walk away like, you've been MRT'd and, and, and walk <laughs> off, you know, and like, damn, he got me. He was talking about gold and he didn't realize it, you know, but that's – that's kind of the, it's a culture that you got to shift that, that we're, we're all here learning together, trying to prove um, and, and be the best teammate we can be. Uh, but it starts with um, leadership engagement and, and shifting that culture to a growth, growth mindset. Appreciate that. I'm sure you could dive into that for hours upon hours. <laughs> we'll have to do a special segment just, just on that aspect, probably. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> you've certainly done a lot of unique stuff, John. Want to hear what's next for you? You're moving up to Carson, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I got here to West Point, and this was uh, a broadening assignment in, in the military side. Uh, I did my key development time. I was a battalion S3 and XO at Fort Carson. Uh, I, was, I was able to transition to that job from WCAP. So I was at Fort Carson for a while. Uh, so looking yeah. at – at career glide path. I wanted to get broadened and want to go to a new assignment, but I also still wanted to train for the Olympics. Uh, West Point was the perfect place to go. Um, and it, everything w really did line up well. I was able to, most importantly, reconnect to, to the team here, uh, to the, the, I think what Ratinsky put it with, when he was describing Beehaw was the decades of, of tradition and legacy in the Army wrestling room and at West Point um, in a broader sense but reconnecting to this place and to, to the special things that happen here, it really is a special place. Um, but with COVID and everything else, I had to kind of relook at, at, at my timeline. Um, Kevin Warden mentioned in his, his uh, episode that uh, on the glide path to battalion command. And that's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm balancing right now. I want to be a battalion commander and I want to be an Olympic champion. I can do both and I'm going to do both. Um, I'm going to set myself awesome. up to, to succeed um as best as possible so i want to keep myself in the fight in both arenas and i had an opportunity that opened up at, at fort carson at the security force assistance brigade and uh, as an s3 back there and joining a great team so that opened up and i, I volunteered to go back there but as you know wcap's still there the olympic training center's there and uh and i still have uh, a lot of army west point uh, brothers that with as well in between now and then so so going back later this summer will be PCS and joining the, the SFAB team and I'm really excited to do that they have a great mission and it, it's all about advising and assisting our allied partners and foreign armies and, and we're really um, it sound, to me it sounds like like a lot like coaching <laughs> uh, yeah and, and build, building a winning team so I'm, I'm excited to, to contribute to that mission and then be at a place where I can uh, really set my family up for success. We still have a lot of friends and family there. So that's uh, another bonus. Um, meet that family goal and that, that personal goal, go get back on the mat again. Yeah, well, I know West Point will hate to see you go, not just the academy, but the, the program, everything you brought to the cadets and coaching staff the last couple of years. Um, but congratulations on going out to Fort Carson. Definitely an awesome assignment, and it'll be great for you. But what's your next international – or doesn't have to be international. What's your next competition? Do you have anything lined up? Um, so 
right now it's USA wrestling hasn't, hasn't posted all the senior events that are going to happen. Um, it, it may be Olympic trials the next time I actually compete and that's next April tentatively right now. Um, but, but there's a, a lot of training to be had in between now and then. And it really just comes down to being prepared in that moment, um, being healthy. You hear <laughs> there's endless amount of people that, that were at their peak and, and missed out on opportunities. Um, just simply get, rolling an ankle or getting hurt. So staying healthy is, is tricky, but that's it's all part of the part of the, the game and to see who rises rises through those challenges. The rumor right now is there's a 2020 World Championships in December. You in on that? I'm down if they, if they do it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'll never shy away from a competition. I, I like competing. It's fun. It's why we do what we do, um, and and it's a it's a chance to. <clears throat> to just see where you are and test yourself and I'm always ready for the challenge. Um, but we'll see, you know, one day at a time right now, transitioning the, the move from here to there. And, and we'll see with, uh, with the, the new way of life through the, the COVID pandemic, if we can yeah. uh, adjust safely and, and continue to compete um, in a safe way. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, before we transition into some other, you know, kind of future questions and things like that, you know, what does the summer training look like? Um, for the cadets, you know, you being in a leadership perspective, working, you know, I think you're like the FOB mayor for Buckner coming up. You know, what I know a lot of our listeners are alumni. You know, what can you know what can they what can they expect to, you know from for the cadets in the future? We hear a lot of we've heard a lot of the graduation class and what what that looked like. You know, what's ahead for the um, for the incoming classes? Yeah, man, the West Point is open for business, and so is the Army in that in that matter that. We are safely training and uh, executing our, our cadet summer training goals here and then our, our combat readiness outside of West Point. Uh, we, are, we are open for business and back on a training glide path with uh, certain, certain factors, wearing masks like this here, and we're doing social distancing. And uh, we do have controlled monitoring and testing when, when uh, cadets come back in for su summer training. So there's a uh, a little bit of a additional time there for monitoring period. And some of the actual training has been condensed uh, a little, little um, less volume, but they're still meeting the, the requirements uh, throughout the summer. Uh, so the, the summer looks busy. <laughs> I'll tell you that we, uh, I was a lead planner, one of the lead planners for the reception staging onward movement and integration RSOI for the class of 2020. Um, and that was about 90 days straight of, of, planning and MDMP and rehearsals and uh, everything else that you got to do um, to, to execute that. And that went off. We executed that. And it really, it was just great to see the graduation happen. And it was a great symbol of strength for America. Um, and I'm proud to just be a small part of it. The same thing's going on now as we uh, continue to pull people in and get them ready. New cadets coming in, our days happening, all that kind of stuff is, is going to happen just a little different than it has in the past. Well, we I got, uh, wrap I got a special up. guest. Oh, who we got? got a special guest, Billy Bones Simpson. Whoa! What's up, Willie? <laughs> this is six feet. Just yeah. In case you're wondering, that's right. Optical illusion, if it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> so our, we work in the same office in the building right there, and uh, our our desks are right next to each other. So we often like are, are typing out some some assignments or whatever we're working on. Just hit him with the drop kick, you know, or, or he'll come and <laughs> he'll, he'll put an arm spin on me when I'm not looking, that kind of thing. But, uh, 
pretty intense off op- sell we got going on there in ODA. Yeah. We should did, probably uh, pad the walls. But. Hey, John, did Willie tell you about me beating him up on his front, his front lawn last week? No, no, I didn't hear that. No, the worst thing he did was scuff up my shoe. He's got some grass stains on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a good time, though, man. It's, uh, we're blessed to be here and be at West Point. And, and this, this community, this culture, is, is really – it's all about winning. Winning matters, that, uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But uh, really, it's a lot of fun, too, because you know, winning's fun. <laughs> what you got, Billy Bones? That's good stuff. I can't wait to to listen to it when uh when it gets posted. <laughs> Episode six. Right right? On. Yeah, I think we're coming to an end. So, John, unless you got like a funny story or something for us, that's all the questions we got for you. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you guys doing the Beehaw Radio. Uh, I was telling Brian the other day on a phone call that uh that this and then just the uh, the uh, new new energy in the wrestling room and the outreach that, that Coach Ward is doing. Um, I'm feeling a big benefit of it. Emotionally, I feel more connected to my classmates. Um, I've talked to folks over email and phone call that I haven't talked to in years. Um, and and like, like Kevin said, we can go from 15 years of not talking to 15 months of, uh, of talking. That, that's a little bit, little, little bit better. So working that way in that direction, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing to help spur that and uh, re, kind of rekindle some of our, uh, our connection and our relationships here. Um, the the brotherhood heart attitude warrior the the it really does connect all the classes um, and uh, before present and the future um, it's all it's it's great to be part of such a good legacy and and that's one thing that I'm guilty of not doing that well is, is staying connected to people but I'm I'm still working on it and I appreciate you guys helping me yeah I was after our conversation yesterday John I, I was texting uh jordan telling him like what, what you said and how like it's helped you reconnect and i was I texting him after, i was like man i'm getting a little emotional just texting all this right now <laughs> yeah. it's good to see. that's that's what we're trying to do in all this and uh you know if it helps you guys connect and it, i think it's helped the west point wrestling club a little bit because uh todd messer was saying he's like yeah he's like uh he tallied up all the the, uh, the supporters that are, that are doing the monthly donations and uh he's like yeah he's like the class of 2006 had five in the last 24 hours I was no, like, man. It must be John's doing just like reconnecting with all the class, you know, classmates and getting everybody connected a little bit more. No, man, my classmates rock. Uh, 06 is a, a, a strong, strong class. And um, like I said, like I wish I, I love those guys so much and wish I was able to, to see them more often. But that's the way the Army is. Life is. We, we get busy. Um, but second we see each other, it is like we haven't missed a beat. And, um, but it's value, it's value added, man. Whenever I, I'm able to just talk, whether it's in person on Skype, um, Zoom, whatever it is, um, if it's Billy, Billy Bones Simpson in the office that we break out into a wrestling match pre-COVID, um, all those things are, are part <laughs> of uh, what make life fun is having those relationships because people are the most important part of any organization or any mission that focus on that and then you know, you'll, you'll continue to succeed. John, we appreciate you having it on the show, and we'll have to do a follow-up uh, show with all your uh, your sports psychology and really dive dive into that. So there's there's more to more in store for for future episodes with you. Uh, I have I have some other questions I want to dive into later too. Um, yeah, we can we can do that. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, it was great having you on the show. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Mac Attack and Teddy Bear at home. They uh, they're. they're being good little champs through this whole COVID-19 process and um, 
you know, those guys really really are a motivating factor and Molly at the house and and by my side um, throughout this whole journey it, having the, having the, that family strength is, is critical uh, so big shout out to them thank you guys and thank you all uh, B row Jordan appreciate you guys helping out and and uh, anytime you need anything from me let me know awesome. hey best of luck John keep keep smoking them down <laughs> on the smokes <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in to the b-hall radio show if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform if there's something you'd like to hear on a future show reach out to us on any of our social media instagram facebook or twitter or you can reach us at email bhaw.radio at gmail.com we'd love to hear your thoughts and as always go army be navy